Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim here, and I'm sitting with my brand new guest, Dan Raff. Dan Raff is a social media guy. He runs accounts for, uh, he runs a lot of different accounts with pages with over like millions of followers. And he goes out there and he really crushes it on the internet game by getting people to engage with content, get involved, follow pages, and all these other things. Dan, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself? Alrighty. Thanks, Leonard. I, um, you did a better job than, than I would do. I'd probably, <laughs> discount myself a little bit, but, um, you know, I haven't been in the social media game for too long, but I've managed to, uh, place myself in the right circles and connect with the right people and learn a lot. You know, you're one of those people, definitely. Oh, um, cool. I'm one of I those people notes. in that circle. <laughs> I take notes every time you, you, you message me or something. I'm like, all right, I got to screenshot <laughs> this. This is something I haven't done before. So I'm always just learning and, and trying to take new ideas and see what works, see what doesn't work. Um, you know. Cool. So, that, so for the my, audience, what happened is uh, Dan, he was writing about Pokemon about like a year ago. And at the time, I'm like, oh, Pokemon, my excuse to go exercise. We got to bond over that. And we talked about like Pikachu, Charmander, and all these little buggers in the game and we're like yay Pokemon this is like the coolest thing ever and that's how we became um, friends I guess is that what you would call us friends or would you call us more than that we're friends how do you <laughs> okay. think well, I just need to clarify friends. I don't know Leonard I'd say we're good friends so um, okay, good friends <laughs> but we're not nothing more than that right <laughs> we're good friends and uh yeah, no, back in the Pokemon, it does. It was funny because of the first um, I, I saw this. These, I worked out in a park outdoors, and uh, <laughs> I saw like there's normally like 30 people at a given time there, and t- during that time there's 300 people, and I thought like some like there's an earthquake or something, but everyone was glued to their phone a little bit more uh, than people normally are. They're like extra focused, and I, I thought that was really interesting, and I didn't know what was going on. And then I found the Pokemon, and just like it was your excuse to go outside and exercise, it was my excuse to uh, play a video game and try and write it off as a work experience. And <laughs> I didn't see any anything out there yet about uh, businesses capitalizing off all of this foot traffic. So I just came up with some ideas, and I saw you know a couple other ideas and uh, wrote an article, and it kind of went viral on LinkedIn. And that's how we connected. Leonard, who's like oh. a real writer and a, a real like social media genius, became my friend. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is, I guess I did something right. <laughs> so <laughs> so know, the funny thing is, the first time I was playing Pokemon, I wanted to go out there and hatch an egg. And to hatch an egg, you have to go out there and you have to walk a few kilometers. And if you're in America like me, you don't have any idea how long a kilometer is. So you just keep walking and oh, walking yeah. and walking until it happens. And so, like, I was walking around the city because I live in the city. Dan lives in the suburbs. He used to live in the back house of a shed with some crazy cat lady who just tossed around cats everywhere. But that's a different story. Uh, So I was walking around, and every single time I walked by someone, I'd be, like, hiding my phone because I was so embarrassed that I didn't want other people to go, oh, look, this loser's walking around trying to catch Pokemon. But while I was walking by, I looked over at their phone screens, and they were doing the exact same thing I was doing. I was like, "Whoa, I'm not the only one." <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a huge boom for ten minutes, and then uh, I don't know. One thing, what I really like about the Pokemon trend though is it, it showed the value of augmented reality, and there's there's a market for it, and I don't see a lot of people really. I think that that. A lot of people say VR is like the future, and but there's I really think augmented reality is like having cartoon or having some sort of synthetic or you know fantasy integration with our real world is definitely proven uh, to be potentially viral, and I I see that 
definitely more in the future. Um, so in the future, VR, you um, see people holding their phones in front of them so they could see what's exactly right in front of them, but they do it so they could have a little graphic show up in front of them. And that's how the entire world is going to work. Everyone's going to look through their phones to see what's in real life, but to have a graphic in between them and real life. I'm hoping <laughs> from a marketing <laughs> standpoint. But, I mean, I mean, there might be more wearable technology or something, but uh, I've definitely... Pokemon Go has shown that, that the people are, are ready to uh, accept augmented reality. Uh, VR is a little bit more complicated. You have to wear a headset. You get motion sickness. There's a lot of variables. Um, you know, you're, you're attached to something where augmented reality is you just look through your phone screen or, you know, if in the future, future, maybe more wearable technology will be a little bit more popular. Um, well, if you want to talk about augmented reality, back in 2010, Yelp and a few other companies tried to bust out with this augmented reality movement, and I don't see anyone really using it. Do you? Not through Yelp. Uh, Yelp's kind of like a business. That's the thing is, it needs to be playful and fun. You can't just force people to do something because the business has enough money to put it in front of eyeball. Uh, you know, there needs to be a certain level of gamification, I think, is so really valuable. gamification. You can walk down the street and then you can put your phone in front of businesses and they'll tell you how many stars it had. <laughs> yeah, it's not boring. <laughs> You're like, that's how I game. Um, <laughs> now, if I were to walk in the store and I got a push notification of if you, if you do something, if you catch this or if you could find this hidden gem within the store within the next 10 minutes, you're going to get 50% off something or you're going to get a free pie or a free bottle of booze. You'd, I think I would, I would start looking for that gem, you know, or if you have a 30 second, that kind of thing where, where you're using marketing tactics of, you know, fear of missing out and creating a sense of urgency with the gamification. I see a lot of value in that. Um, and, you know, there's got to be a platform. Uh, Facebook's pretty much on top of all this stuff. So I don't know. This just, I think that would be really cool. And I think that would be more engaging than just, you know, Yelp saying like, Hey, screenshot every business you walk past to find out boring business statistics that nobody cares about. Uh, oh, you know, so you got to make it more fun. Think about, you got to make it like a game, like catch me if you can. Oh, or yeah, hide, hide and exactly. seek. Exactly. So games, getting points, winning. I mean, um, you know, games are definitely popular online. I think the largest demographic of online app gamers are actually, like, middle-aged women. Um, and But it shows that there, there's an opportunity there. It's just... Um, I don't know why Pokemon Go fizzled, but I know I stopped playing around the same time everyone else did, and the reason was I'm not a very good gamer, and so all these, like, nerds took over all the Poke stations. And they took all my posts, like, I couldn't get any towers or I couldn't, like, dominate any of the Pokemon gyms because these guys were doing it. So they kind of, like, ruined it for me. And uh, I think for other people, like, there was only so many Pokemon you could catch. And then it's like, okay, thanks. Like, what do I do now? Um, well, I, I can tell so, you why I stopped. Why? Well, see, because. see, exercising, right? I, I tried to exercise in the past, and nothing really got me to exercise except for Pokemon Go. And Pokemon Go got me to break a few sweats. But after those few sweats, I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure if I want to keep sweating anymore. I don't really know if I like this exercise thing. So I kind of stopped playing because I wanted to go catch Pokemon, but I didn't want to go exercise. So I had this little conflict inside where I was like, uh, no, I don't want to exercise. Yeah. Plus, you have to go to different destinations to get different Pokemon, uh, which is cool. But it's also like, if you don't live near the water and you want to catch a water Pokemon, um, I think you're limited. So, But the, I don't know. It, it showed that there's a huge opportunity. See that many people take action to download an app and then actually get people off their couches and into the real world. And uh, that... I, I can't really, like, pin it to what exactly it is, but it just showed, like, there was a, a huge change in human behavior from an app in a very short amount of time. And even though it didn't sustain, 
that shows me that there's a huge opportunity there. And what do you think is going to be the next biggest shift in um, behavior? I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know anything Come on, cool. Like I just, here. I, I see things coming up, and I'm like, by the time I get into it, like it's gone. Like fidget spinners, like everyone's <laughs> video viral, all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I want to. I didn't touch a fidget spinner, and now I have one because they're kind of like relaxing for someone like me. But um, like I didn't get one until it was way beyond things. It's like you have to get it just before the peak or at the peak. And, and be able to be fluid enough to, to take action. Um, Did you see that episode of South Park where they got more. little I, fidget spinners out and they started spinning them? Tweak was like, oh, no, I'm like out of control. And he had to just keep spinning them and he had like five. <laughs> I've seen some, uh, some crazy uh, fidget spinning videos. So, uh, but you didn't see the one in South Park? <laughs> I haven't watched the South Park one, but um, oh, no. You're most of my day is spent sourcing memes and looking at viral content. So, um, you know, but by the time it goes viral, it's, it's like kind of, you have to act quickly. Um, but there's a lot of fads and then there's like sustainability. I think AR, augmented reality, has a sustainability opportunity. It's just finding the right balance and not being salesy. Like, you can't let businesses ruin it. Businesses can make things very uncool very quickly. And they try and make it cool, um, but it people see through that. Um, you know, our generation and, and the generations following um, look at authenticity and transparency and, and, you know, they don't, they don't drink the same Kool-Aid that everybody, you know, that the X generation did. Um, hmm. What kind of Kool-Aid are they drinking? Is it like the blue one instead of the red one? I was, I was thinking the grape, and we're like, yeah, we don't really like grape. We like Kool-Aid, but uh, we want you know, <laughs> less calories and, and more practicality mixed in. Um, Avocado-flavored Kool-Aid. If you're talking to Ryan, he'd probably say that, or cucumber Kool-Aid. But um, still, I mean, there's still a, a Kool-Aid factor to it, I think. Um and that's just my take on it because there's a, there's a lot of interesting psychology stuff that goes on to you know, digital marketing and social media. A lot of subconscious stuff too, which is really like what kind of subconscious stuff? So, like Facebook. Uh, if you log into your Facebook after you do a post on your personal profile, you ever get like a burst of likes? That Facebook's like, hey, look, you got all. It'll like flutter up likes like bubbles. Um, I've I've seen that on my phone app. Um, like these likes would pop up across your screen, and uh, that actually triggers a burst of dopamine in your mind, and so it, it increases your likelihood uh, to like go back and, and and experience that feeling again. But it's not going to be as strong the next time unless you get more likes. Um, so you're really affecting or messing with the uh, the chemical structure of your brain. And it works the same thing with Instagram. When you log into Instagram after doing a post after a few hours and you look and it, you have, you know, the little heart with a circle that shows how many likes or comments you got on your post. Every time you do that, um, there's, there's a little burst of dopamine. There's, you know, Facebook knows that most people don't know that. Uh, and that's why you know, engagement's a very powerful thing uh, for businesses, but also, you know, to get people to keep coming back and keep using the platform and to increase the user experience. Um, they're always experimenting with different things like that. Um, Facebook, a couple of years ago, even admitted that they they were gearing content to, like, make people sad. <laughs> Do you remember oh, that? Where they were... How sad. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, they really know how to uh, psychologically affect people. And uh, I wouldn't say that's a good thing, but it's an interesting thing. Um, that sounds like Cold War tactics. Um, on that subject, what we're going to do right now is we're going to hop into a commercial break. But when we get back, let's really dive into this type of stuff. All right? Okay. Sounds good. 
Okay, perfect. Um, well, you can always find me at LeonardKim.com. You can find me online at Mr. Leonard Kim. Dan Raff, uh, you can just type in D-A-N-R-A-F online and you'll be able to find Dan. And we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel channel hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim back here with Dan Raff. And what we're going to be discussing in this segment is content creation and basically sourcing out the type of content that's going to get you to go viral. Now, whenever you hear someone say, hey, we got to talk. Just like I'm telling Dan right now, you're like, oh, no, we have to talk. This is probably something bad. And you freeze up and you're scared because you don't know what your other significant other is going to say. Or are they going to call you into their meeting room? Are you going to be fired? Are you going to get dumped? Well, none of that's going to happen right now. Instead, what's going to happen is Dan's going to share his special content creation ideas and his um, how he really goes out there and sources viral content. So, Dan... We need to talk. Okay. And I'm not in trouble <laughs> this time. <laughs> You're not in trouble this time, but what you did in the past, not I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're going to talk about content creation. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I use a principle. I adhere to a principle that I call R&D. I learned about this when I was in sales. And uh, it's not research and development, it's rip-off and duplicate. <laughs> what and, does that uh, mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like a lot of business, especially like 9 to 5 box business people in, in like the super vanilla marketing world are going to probably be offended and, oh no, uh, we're stealing stuff. And, you know, um, there's, the thing is we all ride on the shoulders of giants. You know, I don't know if there's anything original anymore. Uh, ideas are compounded from, you know, long time ago. So it's just better and more efficient, at least for someone like me who doesn't have a lot of time but needs to create a lot of content, to already look at what's doing well online within specific demographics and then create something very similar to that. And Can you give uh, me an example? create original content. Um, yeah, so think of... Just name like a like a B two B brand, right? 
So they want to create good content for Facebook and Instagram. Um, you know, image, you know this, like uh, image posts with text overlay always does pretty well. But like what image are you going to use and what text are you going to use? Are you going to use what, what they think is going to work, which is like we have a photo of our product and then we have text about the sale that nobody cares about? Probably not because it's social media and people aren't logging into Instagram or Facebook so they could get spammed. Uh, they're logging in because they want some entertainment or some infotainment or some sort of feeling. Uh, generally, they prefer a happier feeling. Um, so instead of thinking what you want to put in front of them, you look at what they want to see. And the way to determine what people want to see is looking at the engagement. Um, look at some of your indirect or direct competitors and look at their posts and which ones are doing well. Um, I so, spend a today lot of time. I put, so today I put up a post. It was my car and I drove over a piece of gum and it got stuck to my tire and 12 people liked that in two hours. Is that a good post or a bad post? It depends on the fan base. Um, it, okay. it probably... It was on Instagram. I, probably not. Because I think you have twenty thousand fans. Um, oh yeah. Okay. I put the same. I put the same thing on um, Twitter, and I got eighty-nine likes and seven retweets and ten comments. I'd have to look at your standard engagement on Instagram to tell you if it was good or not. Might be. That's probably good, right? That would oh. be good for me on Instagram. That would be viral for me because I don't have anyone that likes me. Um, so that's where I would look at. I would look at the post, and I would say, "All right, this is this is the engagement of the post." And then I would look at your other post and, and look at the average engagement. And if it's higher than that, then I would say it's a good post. Um, no one likes it on Facebook. Yeah, well, that's Facebook. Um, and it also depends. Your personal profile is always going to get higher engagement than your brand profile, unless you have millions of fans on your brand page, which is unlikely. Um, so personal profiles overall, Facebook will give you more reach and engagement. So leveraging personal profiles and leveraging Facebook groups are very strong suits if you're a very small brand or business. Um, so I might not take the gum one if it didn't do well, but I might look and see if I want to target Leonard Kim's audience and I want to see, I would basically go to your Instagram or your Facebook and I would find your top posts. Okay, what's my top uh, post? I don't know. I don't have a computer in front of me, but it's let's let's just say. You, all right. you don't use Instagram on a computer. You use Instagram on a phone. <laughs> I use it on the computer because I'm on my computer all the time. Um, how about this? Uh, let's talk about Ty Lopez because he's everybody kind of knows who he is. And uh, okay, he, why Ty Lopez? It's easier. It's easier to steal content from Ty Lopez than it is. Um, <laughs> other people because you also see on a macro scale uh, the engagement so you know generally his audience um, you know he's kind of he's info marketing he, you could also target probably multi-level marketing people entrepreneurship that kind of stuff um, and he also has a team that sources content uh, so I would go through and find the source content on Ty's page and see which has proportion disproportionately higher amount of engagement, likes uh, that doesn't have his face, because anything with his face, he's probably boosting. Um, so I, I found one. It's, it was a lion quote, and it was something like, it was a photo of a lion, and it said uh, something about chasing dreams and hunting goals, right? So what I'll do... I guess lions is, chase dreams and hunt goals. They do, and antelope, too. It's funny, too, because it's a picture of a male lion, but really it's the female lion that does the hunting. So um, you can't really say everything on the internet is accurate, but I look at the engagement. I'm all right, this, this does well. There's a, there's a lion. Uh, you've got some clever text. A lot of people like it. A lot of people share it. Obviously, it's relatable or inspirational. Does a lion look like Simba? So, it looks like adult Simba. Um, adult Simba? So... This, this is what I'll do is I'll go on Pixabay or Unsplash, which are free stock sites, and I would type in lion, or you could take another predator animal, a shark or a wolf or something, 
Um, and then I would take that same text and I would just do a text overlay. You can use an app. I use Word Swag, which is an app. It's like six bucks and you'll get ROI within the first day of just saving time. Um, I also use Canva, um, which is free. And then there's like a paid one for 12 bucks a month, I think. So I'll use those two apps and I'll just basically take this stock image of a lion. I'll do a text overlay and then I post it. And you could even on Facebook, you could boost that towards, you know, Ty's audience or people similar to that. And you already know it's going to do well. So instead of me trying to come up with something clever and witty. Um, so you boosted this, these posts to Ty's audience before? Yeah, I target people like Ty Lopez, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Grant Cardone. It was kind of like hustle entrepreneur people because the content matches that vibe. You know, you've got that predator animal and you've got some inspirational quotes. Um, you know, it's, it's, and you're growing pages kind of a, this way? Uh, that's normally for reach and engagement, to increase the reach and engagement on a page. Uh, you can, from a method I've taken from you, and it's basically, you know, you boost it for five bucks, you get a few hundred likes, and then you invite those people to like the page. I learned that from you. And then um, you could try and run the like campaign, but you're going to have to... Um, like campaigns for image posts are a little bit weird because it's not full-size image. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's smaller. It's more of a rectangular. Uh, so you'd have to scale it down. Uh, like campaigns for videos are full-size videos. Um, so if that were the case, I would look at videos. And this is where things get a little bit shady is I don't really create video content. Um, so if you're just trying to grow a Facebook page, um, I would just take videos that I found that have been viral and hopefully not copywritten and uh, that'll work for a specific audience. And then I would just run a light campaign targeting that audience with those videos. And you do like five to ten videos. What happens you could, if it's copyrighted? Um, what about what? <clears throat> what happens if it's copyrighted? Oh, you'll find out. Facebook will give you a notification. Um, so how do you know so if you're if, taking if the content that's not co copyrighted? I don't know. I wish there was an app for that. Um, I do know anything with more than six seconds of music, uh, non-stock music, you're going to get a copyright thing. Um, generally, for larger pages, smaller pages could get away with it for a little while, but I don't risk it on any. Uh, anything with more than six seconds of music, I don't post. because, And this isn't you're just taking other people's content at that point, which I wouldn't recommend that for most brands uh, or really for any brand. Um, I would recommend creating original content. And Facebook actually knows, even if it's non-copyrighted, Facebook knows whether or not that video is original or not. So the reach is probably going to be less anyways um, than that of an original viral type video. So that means if, if you make a viral video and I go out there and I use that same viral video, I'm not going to get the same type of reach because Facebook's going to be like, oh, he's using someone else's content? If, if a lot of people are using it and posting it, you probably won't get the same type of reach. But mm -hmm. if it was just you and me, then you'd probably be fine. <clears throat> so, it, it, so you have to be one of the first. A viral video is better than any boring video uh, that a business posts. So, you know, it's still like oatmeal is better than no meal kind of thing is it still helps overall. Hmm. Um, you know, a dog, you know, if you're a pet company and a small pet company uh, that's not going to have national attention, you know, there, there are plenty of pet videos out there. You could even find the owner and reach out and say, hey, can I post this, get permission. And then once they give you the green light, you could really run with it. Um, and how does all this engagement like increase the uh, value of the page or how much money the page is making? It really depends on what the goals are um, on value. I tell people I deal in the vanity metrics business, so I help with increased reach and engagement, but I don't provide direct ROI. Um, if you want direct ROI, you want to run ads to get people to a landing page with a special offer so they opt in and then follow up through text or call or email, and then you follow, funnel them through a sequence. Um, but generally, 
even on a page like that, there's still value in posting this engaging or viral type content because if you're just posting stuff to get people to do something, your reach is going to be diminished over time because people don't like being sold. Um, so if you're posting... So is that like those posts that say, content, if, this is, if this sounds like you, say me or say yes or like I want in or whatever? Yeah. Those uh, are good to an extent, but normally you have to you have to put money behind those for them to really go anywhere. But um, mixing in. So what, what platforms so like, should people be on? Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn now, um, and Twitter. Why those four platforms? I think. They just all threw them. Snapchat also is very still relevant. Um, is it really? Is it really? I, I think it's 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 relevant as a social. It's a good way of to directly communicate with people. But I don't use Snapchat. And if a client wants me to use Snapchat, I say no. Like, what do you do? You want me to, like to be in all the photos? I'm I look like a bum most of the time. I'm in social <laughs> media, and I'm not like a suit. Um, so. Snapchat is great, like, if you, like, are in it, you know, you're doing it, you're, you're, and it, I really think any platform that you focus all your energy in, you're going to get results if you're doing the right things. Like, I, I, so, I know so like, let's say today is my first day on the internet. You told me I should go on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Should I go on all four at once and put my all into all four platforms? Like, how does that work? I'd want to know, okay, so let's say it's your first day on the internet. I don't want to just tell people to do something and say, like, all right, what's your, what's your business? This is for business, right? So what's your business? My business? Um, um, I, I make cookies. You make what? Cookies. Cookies? Yes. Special okay, cookies. I thought you said cookies. Yellow special like, cookies with, like, um, trees that, growing out of them. But, uh, all right, so you, you're a cookie maker. Um, I would, cookie maker. I would say go on Twitter. Focus on face uh, on Instagram. I'm sorry. Focus on Instagram. Uh, food porn is a great thing. Uh, it does very well on Instagram. Everybody likes food. Um, and you start making these short minute videos of different, you know, cookie things. You really want to, you need to have I only know how to make like five different cookies. Like how much could I recycle that content before people are like, oh, he's only got five bag, five tricks up his sleeve. That's a good question. Um, look like, at let's say, let's say I make a, um, a cookie with a pumpkin on it, one with a tree, one with a happy face, one with a sad face, and one of an Eskimo. And those are the only five cookies I know how to make. Well, you don't have to post every single day with that kind of content. You could also do lifestyle content, behind-the-scenes content. Different well, tell me more about this lifestyle stuff. cookie content. You know, the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff is <laughs> you don't want to just post photos of the same types of cookies because a cookie is a cookie. Um, and some <laughs> can be really beautiful, but just going through the process of creating it, um, you can make that same tree cookie but have it gluten-free and vegan. And now you're in a completely different market. You're opening yourself up to another demographic. And that, means I gotta right change my, that, that means i got to change my ingredients. Yeah, well, you're going to definitely... i got to stay true to the sugar. <sighs> well, then, <laughs> you could build a sugar audience, too. It's tough, like, what's uh, wrong with you, Leonard? <laughs> no, this kind of conversation is something I experience often with... with um, I was on a call yesterday with someone, and he's like, this is the kind it's of content your I want. client conversation, and, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and it's got, a, it's got a photo of the product. It's in this little bottle. It's a spray bottle. And he's got it, like, you know, next to this thing. And he's got it, you know, you've got the, you've got different, like, locations and everything. But it's just this photo. And it, it, it's kind of cool. It, it, it could work. But it's like, you know, there's no... There's no storytelling to that. There's no... Uh, oh, I got the perfect idea. I'll put my cookie in, like, different boxes. You know, you, you could. And there's, like, <laughs> Elf in a Shelf, and you could take these cookies, and you could just, like, put 
go on the New York subway and put the cookie on some dude's head and snap a photo. And then you have somebody else video getting you beat up for putting a cookie on someone's head. And now you have viral content that's relevant. Oh, wow. I don't need to hire you anymore. (laughs) Actually, can I send (laughs) you out so you go take these cookie pictures and you go get beat so you can share that content? (laughs) That's the the concept with, uh, you know, you just have to sit back and kind of daydream and brainstorm of, like, ideas and look at what other people are doing with their resources and and go from there. Like, everybody has the opportunity to be a a video maker if they have a smartphone. Um, Everyone's got the opportunity to, like, do really cool things, but a lot of them are limited to what they think it should be instead of the way it is or the way it could be. Um, mm. And you have to kind of break down those barriers. Um, I'm listening to this audio book called Disrupt You, and he's talking about like disruption in business and everything. That's cool. Exactly let's get a little bit more into the disruption, but let's take a little quick break first, so the um, okay. we can leave the people who are listening like intrigued, so they stay on the line and they want to hear what we have to talk about next. So let's take a quick commercial yeah. break. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Cam, and you can find Dan Raff at Dan Raff or Daniel Raff or something about Raff. It's rap.la, R-A-A-S.la. Okay. We'll see you guys soon. That's how cool I am. I have the L-A URL. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste, and Freshly delivers to my home and my office, so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Would you like to make more money, help more people, and have more fun? Tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show because you'll discover the money, mindset, and marketing skills that will help you create the abundant lifestyle you desire. As an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and thought leader, Noah helps business owners increase their income, influence, and impact. So tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern noon pacific on the voice america influencers channel change starts here change starts now join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim and Dan Rath back once again. Now, Dan said that during that commercial break, he was up for a challenge. And I told him I was going to push him to his limits and get him outside of his comfort zone to go and tell me about how he would do something that he's never done before. So I asked him, let's say you went out there and you had the best, if you, let's say you made a book for startup founders and you needed to go out there and market it. How exactly would you do, how exactly would you drive sales to that book? So then, the question's on you. You've never done it before. You have no idea how to do this. Now, tell me how you're going to figure it all out. Okay. Um, okay, so I, I would like that basically use my... <laughs> I'm going to use my R&D principle, rip off and duplicate, and first thing I'm going to do is I know 
Justin Wu is brilliant at Kickstarter, so I would look at the Kickstarter campaigns he's done and kind of reinverse the strategies. And then I would also look at what Vin Clancy did uh, with his book because he sold a growth hacking book called Secret Sauce, and he got it six figures in a very short amount of time on Kickstarter. So I'd look at those two strategies and How see what they did. How much money did he raise on Kickstarter for his book? Uh, then Clancy raised, I don't know, like 100 plus K in a couple months. Um, Do you know how much he spent on that? I don't, I don't know what his margins were. It was an ebook, so it's got to be high margin. Hmm. Um, and <laughs> he basically leveraged his Facebook group and some other groups, I believe, and he probably did some strategic partnerships. Wait, wait, wait. With other Do you have a group today? Do you have a group today? Do I have one? No, I. I okay. I'm a, so I'm if you don't group. have a group, then group. you can't go out there and use someone else's group because you don't have a group. How yes, are you, you going to market this All book? I would do is I would, you I would have, talk to the administrator. I'd talk to the administrator. I, I would ro- probably leverage Facebook groups mostly for a book, and I would find the right groups where this book would benefit, and I would talk to administrators and say, "Hey, I'm selling this for X amount of dollars. I'm going to give you a cut." Here's the book right now. Can you please review? I really want to try and drive some traffic to my site or whatever. We'll give them a good offer, you know, an initial discount or whatever to get people in the door. Um, that would be one way. Another way would be to do uh, video ads. Okay, let's say I run 80% of those groups. And me running 80% of those groups say, no, I don't do solicitations. So 80% of that's gone. Now you only have like two groups left. I would put them on my roster and uh, use what I could. And I would also use Facebook ads. Um, if, if it's a professional type book, maybe LinkedIn ads. Um, or I would leverage, I would okay. leverage influencers. So like, you know, uh, Suzanne, uh, String Story, is kicking butt right now with LinkedIn ads. So I would say, like, assuming this book is right for our audience, I would say, can you can you create some video content for this book? And with influencers, Why is you have he to, yes? to pay him something. Um, you know, and I know you, and you've got over half a million Twitter followers. So I'm like, Leonard, we need to get this book out there. Um, and why would I say yes? Are, huh? Why would I say yes? You have to incentivize people. You always have to incentivize people for them to take action. So how, I'd have how are to you going to incentivize them. me? I know Leonard likes cupcakes, and I know Leonard likes money. So I'm going to probably have to find a balance of the two. Uh, maybe <laughs> probably a nice weekend out or something like that. You know, there's going to be some initial startup costs. It's going to be hard to do uh, organically. Uh, it'll take a lot of hustle otherwise. You want to spend a lot of time looking for these influencers that'll do it for free. You'll find them, but if you value your time, uh, then you might want to just think of how much time you're going to spend and how much cheaper it would be to actually pay influencers to do it for you before your results will get that much quicker. Um, Facebook ads too. Uh, a good example of like people selling books online is, um, you know, was it Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. Um, he did, he, yeah, he has his own Facebook group and he already has a huge email network and a, and a huge, you know, 150,000 users on ClickFunnels. But what he did was he basically uh, gave free plus shipping is a great deal. Um, he also incentivized other people to leverage their groups to sell this book. So whether it's a cut in the commission, he was just paying them cash. Um, mm. And it worked. So, you know, sometimes even if you're breaking even initially, you're winning. Um, because as long as you, you can capture that lead and you generate... If the lifetime value of the customer is greater than that of the advertising and, and the initial cost to acquire the lead, um, then you're making a profit. So how do you calculate if the lifetime value is going to be higher? I don't know. That's a good question. I would just look at lifetime value of a customer based on current data. So um, for ClickFunnels, okay, let's say I don't you know their life. Dan, how many customers do you have right now? How many customers do I have? 
Uh-huh. I don't know. This is your book. <laughs> What's the lifetime value of your current customers? Oh, my gosh. I was... All right, so <laughs> I'm about to write an e-book. So let's talk about this e-book that I'm about to write. Okay. I'm, I'm exactly. You have this e-book. How are you going to go out there and sell it? <laughs> this is what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a video ad. And I'm going to give some core gems of that of that's in that book. I'm going to give it in in the uh, the video. Then why do I need to buy the book to, if I have it in the video already? Huh? Why do I need to buy the book if I get the core gems in the video already? No, I'm just going to give a few core gems. I'm not going to give you everything. Oh, so you're going to leave one behind? <laughs> yeah, quitting. That's that's a very important part of marketing. So, let's say um, I have an ebook I'm about to start writing that I've been procrastinating on and it's basically how to manage your core social media on a day-to-day basis for $100 a month and you know less than you know 6 hours a month in your time. So this oh, what's a, what's video, a core lesson? Hire Dan Math at 100 bucks a month. Well, you could hire a social media person at, for $1000 a month on the low end to several thousand dollars a month or you could get the same value <laughs> generally uh, spending $100 a month in, in a little bit of your own time. Like, I'll take the 100 bucks a month if I'm a small business, definitely. And that $100 a month is just suggested of you should spend $60 Facebook boot groups or a Facebook boost, and then this app costs about $5 a month. This one costs 10 um, And then this is how you do everything in a very short, efficient way so that your social media is optimized and automated over the course. Um, so that that's something I'm putting together right now because for my clients, if I'm, if I, I have several clients and I don't believe, I don't like the idea of working, you know, 27 hours a day. I like to watch Netflix. I like to take naps. I like to go to dinner. Um, so I'm always thinking, how can I give them the most value while putting the, the least amount of effort and time? And uh, in, there's a lot of automation techniques that I use. And there's a lot of different tools I use in, in creating content. I could create very good content in a short amount of time and have that scheduled over the course of a week. So I could spend an hour for one client and have their week of social done for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter because I have like this system I kind of organized and uh, so I'd like to put that in the okay. book and sell it. So, so back back to how you're marketing that book. So when I market the book, I'm going to create a video ad and it's basically going to be like talk You said about that already. What's gen- next? <laughs> huh? You already said you were going to create a video ad. What's next? You target the right people, and then based on the uh, percentage of video views, you retarget with a more specific call to action and incentive for them to take action. So, uh, you know, anybody that watched, let's say it's a minute video, and anybody that watched more than 30 seconds of it uh, should be retargeted with the more call to action thing. Um, if that video should have a call to action too, so anyone that submitted an email or like get this free cheat sheet, uh, should be upsold. Oh, by the way, the book's here available now for forty-seven dollars, or however much it's going to cost. You're going to sell. So, you're going to sell a book for forty-seven dollars. Yeah, you spend a, Okay. You save a thousand dollars. So, so you told me one strategy: video retargeting, or video narrowing down on your audience, then retargeting similar audiences and getting sales. That's mm-hmm. one strategy. What's the next one? Or that's one tactic. Okay, well, Facebook groups is another one. There's, so you could okay, put that now down you have two. Two strategies. How many do two I have? Two tactics. I don't know. You want Influence to go out there and sell like 10,000 copies, don't you? You only have two tactics for me. Oh, my gosh. 10,000 copies at 47 bucks a pop. I'd, I'd be very happy. Um, so what's the other the, tra- tactics? <laughs> the other strategy, generally retargeting is where the money's at. So any way you could get traffic somewhere, um, whether leveraging influencers, uh, you know, leveraging Leonard Kim's influence on Twitter to, hey, tweet this link and, you know, I haven't thought of the copy or anything yet, but there's going to be some emojis there too. 
an incentive for people to take action. Uh, get people to the site, to the landing page, and then you retarget off of that. And, uh, you know, you just continue sending traffic, you continue retargeting, continue testing, and, uh, you know, people make a lot of money off of these simple funnels. But the retargeting should be a very, very prioritized strategy in any of this. After you hmm. get their attention. I don't know if I'm sold on your marketing plan. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me do it. And if it works, then you'll be sold. And, and if it doesn't work, then... I mean, you look at these uh, kids, I'm going to see you five months down the line right? with one uh, video going out there, promoting this one video to an entire audience, getting groups to share your one video, and it's, you try to get all your sales from, like, one video. That's no, what I see right now. now you have multiple videos. It doesn't need to be one. Uh, you should always. You, you said you were only going to make no. one. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe me because I'm lazy, but like for somebody else that advise <laughs> making several videos, and you, not only several videos initially, but several videos throughout the funnel. So there's like, here's the initial uh, interest video, and then here's the next step video of whatever it is. I haven't really thought of this strategy and I'm you're putting me on the spot. How am I going to think this fast? I'm a very slow thinker. I'm a deep thinker. And, you I know, don't know. I have to go sit in the massage chair for an hour you to come up with one bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, no, I, I think, uh, I really believe, though, you know, you blast out the content. You get people out there. Um, you know, you look at the cost per click or cost per view or anything like that. Try and get that low but you're continually uh, retargeting these people also. So, and that's yeah. just mainly on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, you can retarget people off of LinkedIn. You might want to have a long-form piece of content, uh, connect with some publishers, uh, create some articles or PR. You could find somebody on Fiverr to write an article or write a good kind of piece of content that's, value-driven, but there's also a call to action or an opportunity to, uh, you know, to learn more, and you find somebody on Fiverr to blast it to all these news agencies, something's going to stick. Something's going to so help. So Dan's a really creative person, and I put Dan on the spot here, and he didn't really get to think through a lot of things on all these questions that I asked him, because they were pretty tough. And for even an experienced marker, it would be a little bit tougher to really answer these questions on the spot. But regardless, he's still a good social media manager. If you ever need one, you can find him at raf.la.com. Uh, my name's Leonard Kim. We're going to be checking out here. And once again, thank you so much for tuning into the show. This is Leonard Kim and Dan Raf checking out. Thank you so much. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.